Hey guys, have you checked out 336 Daily? Did you know that sometimes, in fact, pretty often, I've been recording it in my car while driving to different job sites? That's how easy Anchor is to make podcasts. With Anchor, you can record your podcast and edit your podcast and upload your podcast all in the Anchor app, and then it makes sure it goes after iTunes and Spotify and wherever you need to put it. It, they take care of everything, distribution. They help you with advertising and getting in commercials. Check out the Anchor app. Go to the App Store and download the Anchor app for free or go to anchor.fm to check it out. Hey, this is Kevin Gosman. You're listening to Section 336, Baltimore's Best Sports Talk. Hey, this is Jay Gibbons. You're listening to Section 336, Baltimore's Best Sports Talk. Are you crying? Are you crying? Mr. Brian? Mr. Brian in baseball? Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, Baltimore sports fans of all ages, welcome to Section 336, Next Generation of Baltimore Sports Talk. I am your endearingly stuttering host, Matt Sroka. As always, I'm joined by the button lover, Josh Sroka. Hey, Matt. How's it going? Good. And we're also joined, once again, by a guy who turned down an opportunity to be part of the Oral Sabermetrics Department. He was going to be head of the Woozle Wuzzle Division, but he turned them down. Just to keep on doing the podcast with us, we're joined once again by the Danny one, Burt Rohde. I was told that I could be the Jonah Hill to Brad Pitt's... Uh, oh, we lost your mic again. Brad Pitt's uh, Mike Elias. We're going we're gonna to move you, you're, we're gonna move you over to, to Matt's mic because your mic dropped out mid... That's going to uh, be awkward uh, for me. That's going to be a problem. Yeah. Just sit on Matt's lap and we'll, okay. it'll work Bert out. Okay. Burt is now sitting on my lap while you're using the mic. Right. Um, and I'm going to mute Bert's mic because it's making a nice weird noise. Guys, so hey. I, Yeah, go yeah. Ahead. You can, what, do you have something to say? Go ahead. Well, I was going to say, you never know. Uh, Bert really could become the head of the Orioles Wizard Wars Department because I don't know if you guys follow fan graphs at all, but I, I'm a big fan of their podcast. Uh, at least I used to be a big fan when they had like Dave Cameron before he was hired by the Padres. But Carson Sestouli, who was in charge of their podcast, and it wasn't like he would just wrote like weird articles about like fringe prospects, but he was just hired by some baseball team. All these uh, writers for these nerd sites are getting swooped up and hired. Uh, is I guess once you finish an empty at Harvard, you go with the guys who have been studying it for a while, or just yeah, the guys this guy that wasn't even though he wasn't even like a Harvard kind of guy. He was just kind of like a, a goofy podcaster that got swooped up. It's a, little right. bit, it's a little bit weird. Well, hey, but I'm I just saying, that. there's hope. There's hope, Bert. There's hope for me. Right, hey, guys. I had something weird happen yesterday. What's that? Okay. So, all right. So, yeah, I know my wife's a photographer. So, yesterday morning, she had a session, and I it's a it's Christmas time, 
and everyone wants their Christmas picture. So I had to go and help her set up some Christmas trees and the snow machine and stuff. Yeah. So I was wrapping up setting up and the client shows up, fam- nice family or whatever, to uh, get their pictures taken. Uh, two parents and some little kids. I don't know. So I say, I just uh, finish out with, with Mandy and I tell her, all right, uh, have fun. And she introduces me to her clients. I say hi, shake the guy's hand, walk out, leave, think nothing of it until uh, later that day, the, the husband. It was Adam Jones the whole time. Yeah, no, no, no. no <laughs> Josh gets, didn't even recognize him. Yeah, it gets it's better. Better? Yeah, so later that day, uh, middle of the Ravens game, the husband texts Mandy and says, it's been bugging me all morning because I feel like I know your husband. Oh, no. And he said, finally, during the Ravens game, I figured it out. And he goes, your husband is on the podcast I listen to every week and that I've been listening to for over a year. <laughs> your husband's the button lover. Film study with Ken McCusick. Oh, no. <laughs> oh. I said, Ouch. oh, Section 336? And he said, no, no, film study. I'm not really an Oriole fan. <laughs> Can you blame him? Or something like the Orioles are hard to listen to. But I thought that I thought that was pretty funny to come from the other show. Yeah, uh, that's that we, me and Matt, love hearing that. I thought, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, you know, I thought telling you two would be more fun than telling Ken. <laughs> All right, screw you guys. I'm gonna start my own podcast. It's gonna be even cooler than this one. Uh-huh. So, I I tell you what though, and I know Bert. Uh, we got to get Bert's take on Mike Elias and on sure. the Ravens, of course, and all this stuff. I'm pumped to hear. Ian uh, we, we can also talk about Adam Jones making appearance at, at the the tailgate. Race up. Buttload of money. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and we can, but my favorite part that we're going to get into, I love this so much, is we have a good old fashioned quarterback controversy. Yeah, we do. <laughs> it's a lot. Yeah, we do. It. It's fun. This is one of my favorite things in all the sports mm-hmm. is a quarterback controversy. Yeah. <laughs> we have one, and I love every second. All of a sudden, I never do a talk radio. All of a sudden, I'm talk radio nonstop just because I love a quarterback controversy. Well, is there, there's, there's nothing better for talk radio than a quarterback controversy. Oh, even for listening, it's the best. Yeah, you you got to split down the Flacco, middle. You're either Flacco or you're Jackson. Yeah. You're not yeah. both. You're one you can't be other. both. This is, this is a perfect it, quarterback controversy. Right. It's very political, too. It's gotten to, it's gotten to the point. Oh, there's of, some political undertones, absolutely. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Oh, really? Is, oh, yeah. It definitely has turned to if you're, you, if you're in one party, you must hate the other party. Oh, yeah, yeah. Is yeah. what they tell you. Sure. Well, and, and it's because they're, it's not just like, they're just such different styles too, right? Yeah. They're completely opposite different styles. They're at completely op- opposite points in their career. Yeah. It's just the whole debate yeah. is what. And, and it's, and it's social media. It's the fact that we went through a big political social media climate. We're still kind of in it. And then to have this as something that really in the end is silly, a quarterback controversy, but everyone gets all fired up because it's like the only way they know how to be online is all fired up. Yeah. So it's fun. I mean, for me, yeah. it's, it's it's simple. One of them's a winner. The other one's a loser. Oh, snap. Yeah. Right. And for me, it's simple. One of them has experience. The other has beaten two bad teams. <laughs> oh, snap. Yeah. So, no, yeah. We'll, we'll get, we got to get to that. And, and uh, the Orioles signed Sig, uh, what's his name? Medal? Medal? Mydell. Mydell. We, yes. They signed them, I think, last Tuesday. It was like right after the podcast came out. Yeah, so so let's start there. Bert, uh, I, I, we didn't get to hear your take on Michael Elias, and now we have Sig Mydell, his his little right-hand man. Yeah, yeah. His uh, Alexander Hamilton to his uh, George Washington. <laughs> right That's man. right. Right. That's Mi- right. <laughs> Minnie Mouse to his Mickey Mouse. Uh, Mickey's right-hand man would have to be Goofy. Oh, Minnie Mouse is his best gal. All right, all right. So it's Chip to Dale. Mm, yeah, but then you got to give one of them like dominance over the other one. All right, he, like he, Chip is not Dale's boss. Like Mike Elias is uh, Sig Nadal's or whatever his name is. I, I I can say his name like I've actually heard of him. I've never heard of the guy until his name was announced I, last I, Tuesday. Right, I know he's from NASA. So I have I have no input on this guy because I don't know anything about him other than what people have told me that he's Mike Elias's guy. And prior to the Mike Elias hiring. I didn't know anything about him except for that he's a top guy coming out of Houston who has a proven track record of taking a garbage franchise to the World Series and winning it. So I'm all for it. 
It's not a bad move whatsoever. And I wasn't here last week or the week prior to say that on microphone. But obviously, I think you'd be hard-pressed to find anybody who calls themselves an Oriole fan who would say Mike Elias is a bad move. Right? Are there people that say it's a bad move? No, no. I, I think I think at the worst, we, we, we do have some people, and, and maybe I'm part of it, like, let's pump the brakes and let's let's wait and see what happens. Because anyone can come in there and say they're going to do this and that and say all sure. the right things. Uh, but can he actually do what I think is the near impossible, take this small market team playing in the AL East and get them into competitive nature? Yeah. Let's see. I like. I saw that the Houston Astros six years ago, when they were losing and playing really crappy baseball, and and started their rebuild. They were selling in the team store Houston shirts with the Houston Astros logo, and then it just said "Trust the process" underneath of it. And I like really? that move. Yeah, I like that. Five six years ago, they were secure that this is going to work. I'll find a picture of it for you. Because I thought that was the Sixers' things, but did the Sixers steal it from the Astros? Because that was the big thing with the Sixers. Yeah, I remember it with the Sixers. The process, yeah. But it was an Astros thing, uh, too, and I don't know what the timing was. Mm-hmm. Uh, which one came first? Yeah. Um, yeah. It's, it's, so, a, it's a tall order for whoever they hire, but he he's near the cream of the crop of who they possibly could have brought in to do the job. Anybody they bring in is going to – has a daunting task on their hands, and he seems to be capable, as capable as anybody else who was a prospective hire to do the job. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I think he was the best guy they could have hired, and the Orioles don't have a great track record with hiring great GMs, uh, and so this sounds like the right, it sounds like the right fit. Yeah. yeah. All I, don't right. think, I don't think they could have better, but. All right, so in the Astros in 2011 lost 106 games. 2012 lost 107 games. In 2014, they lost 101 games. Wow. In 2014, they started sh- selling this shirt that just has the Houston logo and says process. So, mm-hmm. uh, so the year they lost 111, they started selling this shirt. Wow. So I, I, yeah. I like that. I like that um, conviction that it's going to work and the confidence. Yeah. So I, I, I like that that's the team coming in. There's talk now that he's bringing in a pitching coach from Houston as well, a minor league pitching coach to work, join his team. So I have no problem steal whoever you want from Houston. <laughs> yeah, there's, it's pretty interesting to see who else he brings in because you know he's going to bring in a lot of his own guys. Right. Or – yeah, I mean, I, I don't expect many holdovers because he wants to kind of completely revamp through the minor leagues, through the whole development process. As so, far, as far as staff, remember, he yeah, says as far as he's staff. got guys, not he, players. He's staff. got players he can work yeah. with, but staff, yeah. yes, which is yeah. exciting. Exciting and maybe a little bit of a god complex there, right? If you if you think you can fix Chris Davis, uh, I'm going to roll my eyes a little bit. If you think that there are <laughs> Matt, trust, actual trust the process. All right. And you know what? And a lot of talk has been out there like, can the Oriole fans be patient as they go through all these losing seasons? And I'm like, who cares? Right. Like, who, even if they're not patient, so they stop going to the game, yeah. who cares? Right? Like, right. let's say they don't go for the next three years. Who cares? No one's going to care in 2021, <laughs> 2022, if they're competing in the playoffs. No one's going to care about 2019 or 2020. Right. right. Now you're sounding like John Harbaugh. Lost 106 games, good. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, I'm saying no one's going to – like, you're not going to say, well, if we just would have won 90 games right. as opposed to 100, 100, 110 games, yeah. uh, that would have been a huge difference in 2017 or something. No. I mean, at, at this point, it's about getting the team better. If fans are not on board for it, screw them. They'll come back on board when we start winning again, we, and that's all that, we really care about. Right. We've seen this True. before. We've seen this before where – Suddenly, there's all these Oriole fans, and hold on, intern, you were a Red Sox fan your entire life. Now you're an Oriole fan, just because yeah, they're in, winning. In That's what we're going to get in five years, six years. At the start of 2012, no one was an Orioles fan. We were the only five. We were only three people in yeah. there. And that, by the end of 2012, it was like packed house. Oh, <laughs> Can't get a ticket. Right. That. That. Yes. I have no problem with that. If it yeah, means I, I get to enjoy winning baseball, I don't care if I bring the whole bandwagon hey. along. 
I, I'm guilty. I'm, I go to more games when of the course, Orioles are good. Of course. Yes. Right? I think people who keep going when they're losing 100 games are dumb. They have absolutely nothing better to do with their time. It, yeah. I'm not going to call them dumb. But... I'm going that part. You're dumb. <laughs> no, but you're but right. I'm so dumb. Even us, we go to more games when they win. Right. I remember, of course. But you're right. 2011, we'd look around and there'd be 30 people there. So yeah, and, and, it, and it built up. So <laughs> yeah. it'll do the same. No. And this year, even us, we're like the most diehard fans you'll ever see. We weren't watching even all the games on television by the oh, end of this past season. The nice thing is, Burn hasn't seen a game in two years. Right. <laughs> the nice thing is, it cannot be as bad as this past year was. Because this past oh. year we had because we had expectations. This year, we did not plan to lose. Now we've got this plan. And we've got every win we plan. have is going to be like an so, unbelievable thing. Yeah. I don't know how we're going to win eight. Games, but and, when we end up winning like fifty, it's going to be awesome. And that's and that's why the neat thing that Elias said is, "Hey, go watch the minor leagues." He came out and said, "Hey, you've got this neat opportunity to see the future. Go see the future." Yeah, I saw some good deals with the Bay Sox too around Christmas. I'm sure yeah. other organizations had good deals too. Yeah, you get like a Cedric Mullins bobblehead and stuff. Yeah, we're going to get Adam Pole in here soon uh, again. Over at the Bay Sox, they've been great with us. Adam yeah, Cole is awesome to talk to all the time, and they've got they've got some awesome Christmas like twelve days things. That's like a Cedric Mullen bobblehead if you sign up for a little package now. And yeah, uh, and we're going to talk a lot more on this podcast. Like we'll follow soon. We'll talk a lot more about the minors. Yeah. I want to get Bird's Boy Dean on here. We're going to get Adam Pole back on here. Uh, so yeah, we'll we'll be all over the the minor league stuff. Right. I got to email Dean. We got to bring the Diamondbacks back together next year. So I was actually planning on emailing him next week. So I'll get in touch with him. Yeah, yeah. Get him in. Get him in here. Let's do that. Email. What is this? 2010. I'm a 38 year old man. I love email. <laughs> no, you're. I'm not to... tweeting. I'm not DMing. No. I'm not snapping. Snap I'm not doing all that Snap, garbage. Snapchat him. No way. Apparently, it's a picture Spot of penis and words over top of it. <laughs> all right. Um, yeah. I, I want to get. You, do you want to get? Do you want to get into any Orioles, or you want to just go to straight to the controversy? Because well, we do have tradition. Is is Adam Jones at the Ravens game? Okay, because right, um, we will have plenty of time to get into the minutia of the rebuild. Yes, we don't have to knock it all out tonight. Right, the rebuild. I mean. <laughs> right, we got five yeah. years to break this down. We got plenty of time. Hey, are you uh, are you going to read Astro Ball, the book about the Astros turning it around? Yeah, the first thing I, I did, I went immediately on. I get all my books on Overdrive is when I read them right. from the library. And I get them from and, Audible. And they didn't have it, so I recommended that they get Astro Ball okay. on their library. Uh, but, yeah, it's on my, my to-read list. I'm waiting for my credits to renew so I can add Astro Ball. Audible has it? Yeah. Yeah, you want to borrow my Audible log? I might. I might later. <laughs> you got a road trip coming up? I got one coming up. In, I do, uh, yeah, Christmas. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Uh, Josh, I don't want to get the audible thing. Could, could could you just listen to it and then like repeat it and make a podcast and <laughs> you just reading Astro Ball chapter by chapter and I'll listen to that? What are you talking That's just being an audible? What are you talking about? <laughs> That's a book. But it'd be free for me. I, all right, I'll give you my login. You already got my login. Yeah, I, but I got my own login now and I don't know how to do two logins. That's so really annoying. It. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Um, Adam Jones at the tailgate yesterday. Bert, you were at the tailgate or no, you were at the game? I wasn't at the tailgate, but I did go to the game, yeah. First time at a Raven Stadium in two years. Did you see Adam Jones? I did. What, what, what? At low cash performed at halftime, and they brought him out. Uh, he waved to the crowd. They show a little highlight reel during a timeout up on the jumbo screens. Uh, it was good to see him. Get getting some love from the Baltimore fans. What what uh what got you out to the stadium? Lamar Jackson or the color rush uniforms? Ooh, both. Uh, I was offered a ticket from uh, one of my clients on uh, Saturday while I was hanging out with you guys. I got the text saying, hey, do you want a free ticket, good seats, lower level? Uh, I, I Two things. One, uh, the Color Rush uniforms was a plus because I love seeing stuff like that. Two, uh, if it was Joe Flacco starting, I would have said no. I got no interest in going. I got no interest in going to a Joe Flacco quarterback game anymore. I've seen it. It's garbage. I don't want it anymore. All right. If it now knowing it was Lamar Jackson, I said, absolutely. I would. They're coming off of a win. Uh, he's a rookie. 
He's not a superstar. He makes mistakes. He stopped trying to expect him to be perfect, but it's something different. It's something exciting that made me want to go to the game to see Lamar Jackson quarterback the Ravens. So I was happy to take the tickets. Had a great time. All right. Now, on there's a lot of talk about the crowd being small on Sunday. How did it feel? Like, were they, was the crowd excited for Lamar Jackson? Like, it seemed like for his yeah. first game, the crowd was excited. They were hyped. They were into it. Was it the same uh, for this game, or was it kind of more dull because he didn't run in the first half much at all? Yeah, once in the first half, I think. That's twice. Uh, he uh, he got a pop because they announced the starting offense, so uh, he oh, was so the so second came, came second to last tunnel. name announced, uh, only second to Marshall Yonda, who was the uh, the veteran, the veteran, uh, you know, six time Pro Bowler or whatever he is. Did Yonda get a concussion on the way out? <laughs> no. Uh, they called, uh, oh, they called John Brown or something, and they showed Buck Allen up on the screen, and Buck Allen's just like looking around, like that's not my name, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> and he's just standing there, like waiting uh, for his name to be called. Um, I heard that that people were tweeting about the crowds weren't that great, or it was still fifteen thousand empty seats or whatever. I didn't notice it. My section was packed. We were elbow to elbow in our lower level seats. I kinda, Maybe in the upper deck it was empty. I don't know. I kind of feel like people make too big of a deal about the the low attendance. Like it's just. I don't care. Yeah, it, it doesn't it, matter to me. I would have rather matter. watch it at home unless it was a Lamar Jackson quarterback game coming off of a win. And then I was happy to take the ticket. Right. Um, otherwise, I got no problem watching it. HDTV at home. is wonderful. Absolutely. Nope. I paid forty five dollars to park. I paid twenty eight dollars for my lunch. Eight dollars for another beer after my lunch. I walked. Uh, whereas I could have watched it on CBS for free. I walked down the street, had Gigi make me a big tray of pigs in a blanket, and watched the game with Matt. There We're all go. set. Uh, I won't be going to any more games this year unless you know somebody offers me a free ticket. Uh, but uh, and Lamar Jackson and Lamar Jackson's quarterback. <laughs> uh, hopefully, coming off of his like fourth or fifth consecutive win. Um, but uh, it, it was it was a good time. So, Bert, you're on the, and let's get into the uh, the controversy, the quarterback controversy. Da, da, da. Sure. Uh, you're on the Lamar Jackson bandwagon. What about the naysayers who would who 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 would argue that this is two really bad teams, maybe the two of the worst teams True. in all the NFL? We saw the Bengals just get torn up by the Browns of all teams. Yeah, this past it, it made our loss of the Browns look good. Yeah, I know, <laughs> uh, and it made our win against the Bengals look like nothing. Yeah, right. Um, What's the thought about Lamar Jackson? Yes, he won, but against two bad teams, if, if uh, once he starts facing real competition, he won't last. How old is Lamar Jackson? 22, 23? Yeah, he's young. I think 21 or 22. But the problem is you're looking long-term. we got to look at this season. We're not going anywhere this season. We're not going to the Super Bowl. So if we're coming off of three consecutive losses and you have to start your rookie quarterback who's 21, 22 years old against two garbage teams and they win both the games – whether it was on his arm or on his feet or in spite of his interceptions and his mistakes, a win's a win, whereas we just came off of three losses in a row uh, and some really atrocious losses where you couldn't even score a touchdown against the Browns. I got no but, problem with it. He's he, he's not going to come out and be a superstar, um, but it's a change. It's a change from a team that was going absolutely nowhere this season. Uh, they mathematically have still have the sixth seed. They could still lose to the Chiefs in two weeks, but if they win the rest of their games, they could still make the playoffs. Uh, again, they're not going to win the AFC this year. They're not going to go to the Super Bowl. But if they can eke into the playoffs uh, on a on Lamar Jackson taking over halfway through the season, or even with Joe Flacco coming back, they win enough games just to squeak into the playoffs, I'm okay with that. But I got no intentions of uh, booking – you know, Super Bowl tickets or anything like that. We're not a good football team, with or without Lamar uh, Jackson or Joe Flacco. And that, that's Josh, I want to get your take on this. I would argue that in 2000 and especially in 2012, the Orioles, were, the Ravens weren't a great football team those years either. They just got hot the right time. Sure. Who do you think should be uh, at the steering ship, Josh? Don't confuse this defense well, with the 2000 defense. No, no, but oh, 2012. But if you look at two, that was the funny thing about 2012 when the Ravens were five and five. I looked at the schedule, and in 2012, eleven week eleven, the Ravens were five and five. So it was the same type of thing where they got hot near the near the end, and it's it's interesting. They've got the. NFL as a whole has been so mediocre this year 
And you've got teams like the Browns who have beat the Browns beat the Ravens, the Bengals, and they tied with the Steelers. The Browns like kind of did fine in their division. And uh, when you've got stuff like that, and you've got an opportunity to go for it, it's what forty three percent the Ravens have chance of making the playoffs. Um, big game in Atlanta, then big game with the Chiefs, and you've got the Steelers who have, are starting to struggle as well. We don't play the Steelers. Bucks. We play the Bucks after I know, the Chiefs. No, no. I just mean the Steelers oh, are oh, starting oh. to struggle. Sure, sure. He's making an argument that the Ravens are going to win the FC North. No, no, no. Far. I'm not yeah. saying the Ravens are going to win the North. The more the Steelers struggle, the uh, the more they they've got to play and not sit down. I guess with the Bengals, are, the Bengals are out of it now. With Dalton out for the year, the Bengals are out, so you don't have to worry about them. It's really the Colts you got to worry about. I would say. So, I would say if you can get hot at the right time, I think. Lamar, I didn't learn anything. I didn't give anything to give me more confidence in Lamar. So you're going with Josh fun. Lamar or Flacco? I'm going with – here's what – I think they're going to go with – I think I would go with Flacco if I was in John Harbaugh's situation. Because I think that though uh, Lamar is the future, you have to realize that John Harbaugh and the other coaching staff is playing for this season and that this season – uh, they don't care about the future. They care about they got to get into the playoffs this season. And I think Joe Flacco gives them that better chance. But I think because of Lamar's really good play these past two weeks, that means we're going to see more of Lamar on the field. And maybe not just one play here, one play there. But I can totally see, especially with Atlanta and Kansas City, when they're teams that aren't great at stopping the run, letting Lamar take an entire drive to run time off the clock. So I think I think we're going to see a two quarterback situation where but if you add up the snaps Joe gets more snaps. But I think we see a lot of Lamar. I yeah, and I think the fact that that they did win the last two that they could still get a playoff spot. I I agree that I I I think Joe Flacco will be back as the starter uh to try and lead us into the playoffs some way shape or form if we'd have lost either of those games uh it's lamar yeah it's over the season's over there's no point in having joe flacco start i yeah i mean if i if i had a crystal ball then they're not going to announce it yet but it's going to be joe flacco on sunday if he's healthy i i liked seeing lamar this week throw the ball a little a little bit he had some passes that looked good um he had that really pretty pass to Brown that got caught back on the penalty. So I like that, and that makes me gets me a little excited that when you do the two-quarterback stuff, you have to assume that Lamar could possibly throw the ball. I think it opens up their arsenal even more. And uh, where the first five, six weeks when Lamar went on the field, we were saying, oh, it's a run play. And I, and I don't understand what I'm seeing on Twitter and social media – like, why is everybody's expectations for Lamar to be super high for his first two NFL starts ever at no. 21, 22 years old? He did he did pretty good, yeah. and they won the game. What more do you want from the guy? Well, that's, He's only going to grow from there. I think that's the thing. That He did exactly what the Ravens want, but I think there's lots of people who came with, with the expectation that they want him to replace Joe immediately. And when you're in playoff contention, he, yeah. didn't, he didn't play well enough to do that. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I could see that. And to set the record straight, he is twenty-one, and I, I don't, I don't think there's anything that you saw in the first two days that says his first two starts that says he's going to be a superstar. He's going to be twice as good as Joe Flacco ever was, or that he's going to be a, a, a train wreck. He's never going to be a quarterback in this league. Right. right. He's still like a question mark. We still don't know. We yep. saw we saw excitement, exciting things, and we saw ugly things. Sure. It was all balances out. But the best thing I saw was the W, and that's all I care about at the end of the day. Right. And, yeah. I, and my argument would be that what we really le- saw this week is a really good offensive line and Gus Edwards. And if Gus Edwards, the question, the real question is the Gus Edwards story. And is that run game working now because of Lamar on the field and the different lineup of the offensive line and how they're lining up to deal with Lamar, to protect Lamar? Or is that run game finally clicking with the offensive line and Gus Edwards? Because if you can get that run game with Joe Flacco behind center, it's that might be the formula for everything clicking. 
Yeah, I'm kind of Josh with Ken. I don't want to get too nerdy on here, but I'm kind of with Ken McCusick on this one. And that Gus Edwards and Joe Flacco just aren't going to work very well. And actually, Alex Collins might be the, be- the better guy with, with Joe Flacco just because how he runs. I think that the type of run, that RPO option, I think works really well right. with Gus Edwards just diving right forward because that's kind of his style of running um, as opposed to... Right, um, Gus is just I'm a train. To run the outside. Yeah, yeah. I'm a little interested, Josh, that you're not... I, I'm actually surprised that you're not more in on Lamar Jackson. It, um, he reminds me a lot of another guy that you were all in on. And a guy who was criticized for not doing things uh, maybe the right way or the pretty way, but all he did was win, baby. All he did was win. And you were a huge Tim Tebow fan who all he did was win. But now we got Lamar Jackson, similar type no. style. All he does is win, and you're not on the bandwagon. Explain no. yourself. <laughs> See, you're trying that, – that's the problem with Twitter is you have to choose one side. I'm not off the Lamar bandwagon. I'm just not ready – to see him full time yet i don't think i don't think a healthy joe flacco i think if you're trying to win the game a healthy joe flacco right now is still a better option i'm all for lamar starting next season i'm all for mixing lamar into the game which i did not like for the first half i kept saying it breaks up joe's rhythm i like the idea of more lamar and doing a two quarterback setup so i'm not off the lamar train i'm just trying to look practically at the team and and compare the the guys because Joe Flacco was having a decent year and if you want to make the storyline that Joe Flacco has sucked this year he hasn't the team has in some days but Joe Flacco's been fine I'm glad Josh has this platform to clarify himself because if I'm looking at my Twitter feed during the ball game all I do is roll my eyes every time I see Josh tweet about He's so tweet. far up Joe Flacco's butt, and he hates Lamar Jackson. <laughs> that's whatever Josh tweets. I, that's the only takeaway I, I have. I don't, even, I, don't, I don't even comment on Lamar during the game because if you look at my Twitter, I will. I have said many times that uh, I've learned nothing from Lamar. That it's the same as expectations. Like nothing's changed. <laughs> I, I. That's that's my takeaway from Lamar. Is it's exactly what I expected. Well, it's good. It's bad. It's fun. It's fun, but I don't think it's ready. Well, I'll say this. It sounds like uh, Josh is on uh, Joe Flacco to start. Uh, Bert would prefer Lamar Jackson starts. Sure. L- and, and let me throw in uh, my, on, my hat I'm, in the I'm ring. I'm on the two-quarterback plan. <laughs> Josh, who starts? Shut up, Josh. Who starts? Well, it doesn't and matter because they – I think Joe gets. I think sixty forty. Joe. Wait, what are you talking just now? Sixty. No, oh, they both are quarterbacks. No, I think you. Could, I love all my quarterbacks. No, you. <laughs> you give. I think you might even. RG three ten percent. I think you might even give Lamar the first drive of the game. I think you take turns on drives, because okay. or you let Joe open the ball up and then you give it to Lamar to to eat up clock, because if you can do a whatever eleven uh, drive whatever that drive was he did in week one that ate up like. 12 minutes on the clock. If you can do that against these big high-scoring teams, that's awesome. So I'm on the two-quarterback. I'm not on – Okay. I'm on split the game. In the, in the current NFL, no other team has ever done that. But if you think you can do it, go for it. My, my Achilles heel – Did you hear uh, Gruden, when they asked him before game about Lamar, he said watching the Bengals tape, the Ravens were doing things he's never seen done in the NFL as far as how they were running the ball. Yeah, I, I, what? So, and who's Gruden? Uh, he's coaching a one-win team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he's watched a lot of uh, he's watched a lot of football for TV. So hey, go anyway, ahead and do something that the NFL's never done before. For the record, I'm throwing my hat in the ring for RG3 to start on Sunday. That's where I'm going. <laughs> there you so go. Just clarifying that. So one of the three of us will win this. Uh, I yeah. The only thing holding me back is that we're mathematically still in the playoffs. I I I still don't think we're going anywhere and even I, if we make the playoffs. So. That's why Joe Flacco should go back to starting if he's healthy because we still could, and he probably is our best chance. But I still don't think we're going anywhere anyway, so why not just you know pass the torch because who cares at this point? Right, and, and if we lose to Atlanta, or then I, I don't care if we lose to the Chiefs. But if we lose to Atlanta, then I'd kind of join you with, okay, we're not going anywhere. If we can beat Atlanta, that, I, I am okay with having a loss against the Chiefs having a loss against uh, the Rams. I'm okay with those, but if you're going to lose to anyone else, this season's over. Uh, I kinda, go ahead. I kind of think of this as like, uh, to you as people always use the girlfriend me- met- metaphor with quarterbacks and, 
and players and stuff. If I use the wife me- me- metaphor, okay. at some point the Ravens got married to Joe Flacco, and and we were really happy for a while in our marriage. And then you know we hit some rough spots, but then um, something happened in 2012. We we won the Lombardi Trophy. We had Silas. We had a little baby. And we had that baby be Miss Lombardi, and all of a sudden everything's great again, and you're happily married. But then years go on after the baby, I mean, the Lombardi trophy arrives, and things get a little stale, things get a little boring. And who walks in Are we still but a younger, Ravens or? <laughs> more exciting, more attractive, more athletic? You said younger? He can, more, younger, he can do things with his body that Joe right, could never do with his body. And all of a sudden, you're looking at him, and your eyes are wandering, and you realize, oh, shoot, uh, I bet I would be happier with that guy. Right. It's that meme with the guy looking over his shoulder. Yeah. But I got here news. Confidence right. he exudes on the microphone. I mean, were you talking about the Ravens, or he, you changing subjects on us? What were we talking about here? I, I forget. What did, he, what did um, he say when he was drafted? I'll take Ravens to the Super Bowl. Believe that. <laughs> and I do, Lamar. I believe that. <laughs> I don't believe that for a second. <laughs> but I, 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 I'm a fan of. In this case, I, I, I choose to stay with my wife. I'm a fan. Good. I'm a fan of loyalty. I think Joe Flacco has been with us this long. He's won us the Super Bowl. You let him. I don't even care if we lose every game from here on out. You play. You let Joe play for as long as he wants to play out his career and, and, with the Ravens. And next year, let him go somewhere else. But I think you respect the man, especially in a playoff hunt. The guy comes in, starts for two days, and you, and you just give him the boot. I think that's rude and disrespectful for all that Joe Flacco has brought to us. And also, hey, I still think Joe Flacco is a decent quarterback. Right. Joe's going to have a job someplace else next year. Uh, but that also brings you back to the whole manager thing where, or coach thing where John Harbaugh is on his way out. But you got to remember, John Harbaugh, for his entire career in Baltimore, has had one starting quarterback. It's always been Joe Flacco. He really is married to Joe Flacco. There's been no good controversies so, right. around Baltimore. It's been very disappointing. Right. So if you're going to go out, you go out with the quarterback that, that you started with, that's been with you all this time. Yeah, it makes sense to me. It's a loyalty thing for me. So I think the controversy is among the fan base, and I think the only question for yeah. John Harbaugh is, is how they use Lamar with Joe Flacco. Yeah, Assuming at least in the end season. In the end of the season... Dropping my wife and picking up the younger, hotter version. But, but in, also, for the rest of the year, yes, I'm, I'm I'm riding the old the old man. Yeah, but I'm also careful with the old man, and I'm careful with that banged up hip. That if the Ravens get a lead, and and get a couple touchdown lead, a couple scores lead, I put Lamar in there to try to drive up time and protect the old man. I know you're obsessed with this two quarterback thing, Josh. I'm not buying it for a second. <laughs> That's what they're gonna do. That would be my prediction. No, they're not. You're wrong. Uh, they're not going to do it. Uh, I th- you're right, you you're wrong. Predictions. It's going to be Joe, uh, yeah. or it's going to be Lamar, but it's not going to be both. All right, my prediction is seventy percent Joe, thirty percent Lamar, and Lamar throws a pass to Joe. That's my prediction. Okay, I predict you'll be wrong in all of those things. <laughs> I, I bet on the seventy thirty. What I predict is looking ahead at this schedule. Uh, that uh, we're playing the Browns in Week 17, similar to how the the Cincinnati Bengals have knocked us out of the playoffs in Week 17. I think it's the Browns' turn this year. Like we're gonna have our hopes, we'll have that number six seed or something locked up until we lose again to the Browns in Week 17, missing the playoffs again. That's my prediction. Yeah, but Bert, Bert, you should still try to win, right? It's not every year you have a chance to go to the playoffs. The Ravens have a chance to go to the playoffs. So it you used to be every year. To win, right? It used to be every year we were a lot to go to the playoffs. Yeah, when we had three Hall of Famers on the team. Did you like the uh, Suggs interception and try to do his best Ed Reed? Yes, I did. Trying to lateral that ball? I uh, I was wearing my Suggs jersey yesterday, so it was perfect perfect for me. Uh, the other thing I liked was Matt Judon uh, just running down the tunnel after that, that third sack. That was awesome. That was a lot of fun. <laughs> and I liked the Marshall Yanda being told to go into the concussion protocol and him freaking out and yeah. yelling at everyone. That was a lot of fun, too. That happened to Derek Carr. Uh, he he got he rolled up, and he was, like, rubbing his helmet, and then they made him run to the sideline and uh, get in that tent, even though he was, like, screaming. He's like, I'm fine, I'm fine. 
Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I was okay with the Matt Judon thing. I really would like to see, like, I think that Terrell Suggs, when he returned that for a touchdown, I think that's the moment you, like, run out of the stadium and literally yes. never come back. <laughs> like, retire like, on that play? Yeah, like, I would like Matt Judon. It would be awesome if that was and his you know retirement. What? Like, he just if, literally ran in and came back. And with, I think that would be kind of With Suggs, if he ran out there and just disappeared, no one would be mad at him. We would think it's yeah. the greatest thing. We'd show it when he goes into the Hall of Fame. Yeah. Um, so the I the think only it, thing that was disappointing about Judon was he got three sacks in a row, three plays in a row, three sacks, and then ran out of the tunnel, so he had to yeah. miss fourth down. He could have had an opportunity to get a fourth one. <laughs> well, I remember, you no, know, because there was a – he could have actually got it because they caught a timeout. Uh, the other team yeah, did. did. Oh, yeah. true. You're right. So there was actually time to get back on the field. Um, yeah, I watched the game. So uh, there was a chance to get that. Right. But he but he wasn't he wasn't brought back into the game. Yeah. The uh the other thing I was telling my wife about when we were leaving the stadium, the the best thing for me, the biggest takeaway coming off of these two consecutive wins that Lamar Jackson has led our team to. Um, oh, were you mansplaining it the tour? No. The best thing to come away from it is I'm excited to watch the game on Sunday. Like I'm gonna have to go to Costco a different day because I want to watch the Ravens game on Sunday. Shocker, I know. Oh my god. Crazy. Craziness. But yeah, I'm, gonna, any, I'm definitely watching the game against Atlanta. You have any score predictions for for, for the game? Um, I gotta wait and see who's playing quarterback for my Baltimore Ravens. Okay, can you give me a, a score prediction with Lamar and then another score prediction with Joe? <laughs> yeah, uh, with Lamar we win uh, twenty-seven to seventeen. With Joe we lose twelve to nine, like we did against the Browns. <laughs> are you uh, are you concerned that Lamar only put up like twenty points against the uh, Raiders? No, it's again. He's twenty-one. It's his second NFL start. What do you What do you want to put up 40, 40 spot? I mean, they are the worst team in in, in football. And, and he's twenty-one year old playing his second career start. It was so, cool. yeah. It was cool I, to see Cyrus Jones also get that punt return. Yeah, it was cool. And a cool. Yeah, it was a little bit old school Ravens, right? Special uh-huh. teams return, uh-huh. a defensive return. Right. Uh, we haven't seen very much of that. So, but cool to have a, a local kid who was like the high school player of the week years ago for the Ravens and all and see him get to do that was cool. Yeah, it's you got to be real careful too. A lot of people throw out the numbers like Lamar's QBR rating and some of the, the stats by Jeff. There's just such different quarterbacks that I think the numbers mean less, right? Like Lamar Jackson, what he can do with his feet makes his, makes his quarterback rating, I think, less important uh, well, uh, because of what he can do with his feet. Except QBR is supposed to take that into account. Oh, d- yeah, d- QBR d- is d- supposed d- to take the running into account. It's the other stat that does not. Okay. But, but even with, I mean, with any stat we're talking about here, I think we have to be careful because it's just apples and oranges because they're just completely ways of getting the, different ways yes. of getting the job done. Yes. Mm-hmm. Definitely. And I've seen people just... Uh, cherry picking stats on Twitter left and right. right, and this is one of those deals where, like, honestly, you could find stats that support Lamar playing you can, over you, Joe. You can and find you can find stats that support Joe playing over Lamar. Right, sure, like, you can make an argument. It's and just get like, stats to support. Yeah, it's just like the highlights. I can show highlights of Lamar looking awesome. I can show highlights of Lamar looking bad. I can show highlights of Joe looking awesome and Joe looking bad. You you can nitpick, you can cherry pick, and that's what's going to make this week fun is the controversy. Yeah, because it's all because all that stuff is valid. Yeah, and I don't think there's like an obvious right or wrong answer here, which is the key to a great quarterback controversy. There's no really <laughs> right or wrong answer. Sure. Which way to go? I don't know. You could go either way. Keep the opponent guessing. Harbaugh's not going to say no, and that's the best part. Yeah. Do you is... think Harbaugh knows what he's going right now? Yeah. Yes. Do you think Harbaugh has no idea? No, Harbaugh. You think he knows? Uh, given that if Joe's healthy, he knows. Yeah, and it's going to be Joe. Yeah, he knows. <laughs> but but he's not going to say because you want the Falcons to have to prepare for both. Of course. Why not? Why not use that to your advantage? Of course. At this point, at six and five, we'll take any advantage we can get. I do like. I, I don't really buy that argument at all. But okay. Speaking of, I mean, even even if they, he says Joe's starting, they still have to prepare for Lamar, too. Yeah, so right. I don't buy I don't right. buy that argument. But if Joe's hurt, and they only have to prepare for Lamar, then that's a different game plan. If he's hurt, yeah, right. Yeah. Um, I do like on Burt's uniform side. I do like that Lamar wears the number eight. It's always fun to see the number eight in Baltimore. Because of Kyle Bowler? No, because uh, of Cal Ripken. I'd oh. like to. Wasn't Kyle Bowler seven? Nah, uh, he maybe was for one year, but he was eight. Okay. Are you comparing uh, Lamar Jackson to Kyle Ripken? 
No, I'm just saying it's fun to have the number eight in Baltimore. That's all I, I'm I prefer, saying. Number I'm eight saying I prefer the number five in Baltimore. That's all yeah, I'm saying. Yeah, Brooke, Brooks and Flacco. Yeah. Got it. All right. Um, We're done with the quarterback controversy. Yeah, I think that was a great discussion. Um, I'm going to go after this podcast. I'm going to go turn on 157 The Band and listen to hours more of quarterback controversy because I cannot get enough. I almost like I'm tempted even to call in, except I'm like, I don't know what to say. But whatever I say, I got to be like hardcore gotta, one way or the other. You know what you got to do? And I'm not good at that. Call in, call in with your RG3 theory. <laughs> oh, yeah, I should do RG3. He's a veteran. He can, he's athletic like Lamar, but he's also better. He's like he's the mix he's, of Joe. And, he's if he's Joe like and Joe Lamar had a baby. Lamar hybrid. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he's like the perfect of both worlds. So start RG3. All right, we need to wrap up the show so I can call 157 with my hybrid uh-huh. Joe Lamar RG3 theory. Right. Right. That's why you, you take Lamar's eight, you minus Joe's five, you get three. But I'm seeing, I'm seeing Kyle Bowler in a lot of number seven Ravens jersey, but I'm also seeing a few number eights. So he, must have, he must have switched at some point. Right, I remember number seven. You know, well, he will always be number seven in my heart. More importantly, Ravens quarterback to wear number eight also won the Super Bowl, Trent Dilfer. Okay, Dilfer. There you go. Yeah, one, one, one year guy. Hey, uh, how, how, many, how many of those pictures of Bowler is he on the ground? Uh, <laughs> uh, it's more of uh, how many pictures is he with his uh, Miss California uh, wife. Yeah, but that's post uniform. Oh, here's a picture of his wife with uh, President Donald Trump at the uh, beauty pageant. All right, there you go. Bert's now sidetracked. Yep, I'm I'm done. <laughs> hey, real quick, a little more Orioles talk. Sure, sure. Um, the Rule Five Draft, which I believe is December 13th, I want to say. All right, sure. Uh huh. Shut up, Bert. Um, <laughs> it's more exciting. Hey, what's more exciting, the Rule 5 draft or the Orioles' interest in Ian Kinsler? Neither. I, I did not know that was a thing. Yeah, the Orioles are watching the Ian Kinsler market because oh. they would like Ian Kinsler, the 37-year-old second baseman from the That's Mike Elias' uh, first move to bring <laughs> in a 37-year-old. That's that's the first rumor is a 37-year-old second baseman. Sounds like a Dan Duquette move. Doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Um, anyway, uh, do you guys – and I, I, I'm not going to go over any names that are available. The Orioles did protect Dylan Tate. Is he an infielder? Um, a guy that got uh, – no, he's a pitcher they got for the for the Zach Britton. He was a big pitcher. Oh, they, got oh, they, they protected him. They protected Sorry, him. I thought yeah. you were projecting. Okay. No, protected. Gotcha. Uh, but, but speaking of protections, do you guys think if you were the Orioles, are you targeting um, an outfielder? Are you targeting a starting pitcher? Do you have a position in mind that you're hoping to get out of this uh, Rule 5 draft? I, my guess is, I mean, they, they're going to get at least one, if not two guys. My guess is an infielder because we've heard uh, Mike Elias talk about how he loves infielders and how, um, like, his, the, who, who's the kid who's uh, Bobby Witt? He's an infielder. So shortstop. Right, shortstop. So he's definitely probably the guy who, that the Ravens would go for in the draft. I would imagine for this, they'll also look at some some infielders. I mean, pitching, we can always use pitching, but we haven't had any luck, really, with the Rule 5 for pitching. So I don't see why yeah. they try. I mean, our history is, and this is Martin Duquette, but we took position players and pitchers, but we took a lot of pitchers. Like right. last year, we took we two did. pitchers. And they haven't worked out. Uh, our, yeah, I our, guess Ryan No, Flair, I Ryan, mean, the position Ryan players Flair really haven't worked out either. Ryan but. Flaherty. Are any of the guys they pick in this Rule 5 draft going to be on the World Series roster in 2022? Well, according to Mike Elias, <laughs> some guys who are on the roster now will be. That's fine. I'm talking about this Rule 5 draft, though. Because if they're not, I have zero interest. That's, I don't know any of the names they're probably going to pick, and they're just going to be shoe fillers, if anything, while he's still building around uh, what's going to be the future of this team. So they're just going to be shoe fillers for some garbage baseball for the next few years. In my opinion, I mean, yeah, maybe, but you hope not. You hope at least one of these guys can stick around. That's the whole point of doing the Rule Five draft is to try. And we to... do have this is I, the, I mean the first time in a long time we have the number one Rule Five pick, number one. Right. Oh, okay. Uh, so, what What are the odds that we draft someone from Houston, from the Houston organization? Good. You, what you do is you look at the teams. I mean, the, the the way you do this is you look at the teams that have really good farm systems 
and you pick from them because they can't protect everyone, right? Or like, I don't know if that's true, Josh, because if you think about it, a lot of the good farm systems, like you have to be in, I don't know what the rules are here, but you have to be in the minor leagues for a certain number of years, like four years or something, right. four or five years. And not get, make Bef- it to the major, right. Before you can, yeah, yeah. Uh, but, and, and then at that point, you have to be added to the 40-man roster. If you made it to the majors, you would already been on the 40-man right. roster. Yes. Um, and so you could have a ton of really good talent who is not old enough to be eligible for the Rule 5 draft. So I would actually think about it like you have to look at the good major league teams. Like I know the Yankees. One of the okay. reasons the Yankees were trading away, like gave us like four pitchers, it's because the Yankees knew because they had such a good roster, a good 25-man right. roster. So you're not looking at the team with the good farm system. You're looking at the team with a full roster. Yeah. Yeah. And so they might have – because you're probably going to – because rarely, and we saw them do this with Jason Garcia and it didn't work out, rarely will you pull a guy out from single A and put him in the majors. Um, right. Usually you're going to pick a guy in double A AA or triple A that somehow the other team just can't fit on their 40-man roster. But again, like this is the – you want to talk about Dan Duquette go, 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 going in the trash pile? I mean, this is – they're not good enough to be a top 40 – one of the other team's 40 top players. So this is a bit of the trash heap. Uh, though we get to we get to choose from the top of the trash heap right. if it's any constellation. What's his? Uh, it came out a couple weeks ago. Bobby Witt Jr. has uh, committed or signed with uh, Oklahoma. Yeah, well, that, I mean, it means nothing. It yeah. means nothing. They all they all do that. They sign with a college. Like how annoying is that for a drafted. college baseball program, though? Like they they're putting up headlines saying we got the top high school baseball recruit committed to Oklahoma and he might get drafted by the MLB and uh, it's all for nothing. Remember when the Rangers drafted Russell Wilson? Yes. Even though we knew like he was already a quarterback. Yeah, it seems like a wasted pick. Yeah, I mean, I mean, the Bobby Witt thing though is like for some reason, let's say he thought he would go number one and let's say something crazy happens where we, we see something like, here's or, a crazy scenario, we do medicals on him and for some reason... Our, he doesn't pass Oro's physical, and when we don't sign him, and he drops like number five. Or, and he's or, like, this is BS. Yeah. I know I can do number one. So he doesn't sign. He goes, plays for a year in college, and then goes number one. Or like more, something like that, yeah, yeah, but it's not sense. likely. Or more realistic, he doesn't want to come to Baltimore. And he doesn't. Uh, uh, we've seen it before. I don't buy that. Why? Because they're not good? No, no, no. <laughs> not because they're not good. He's got to go number one. He's going to go to a bad team. I know. I know. He's going to go to a bad team. But you've seen guys before, like, not get drafted by, like, you think of Chris Davis, like, was drafted by the Yankees and then didn't work, like, whatever deal they didn't agree on. So he went and came back the next year and got drafted by the Rangers. But he wasn't, like, the number one overall No, he wasn't pick. number one overall, no. Yeah, there's a lot of money that goes with being the number one overall. It's not like the San Diego Chargers uh, drafting uh, Eli Manning. And then having to make that deal with uh, Philip Rivers and the Chargers. Baseball, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. So, the first oh, number but, one overall pick. I mean, that's a that's an honor you probably aren't going to turn down. And you're not going to turn it down when you're you're not coming in to play in the majors this year. Of course not. So when you got a team that people are excited about the rebuild, and when you've got a proven rebuild guys in there, you're you're looking at okay. By the time I hit the majors, is about when this team is going to click to start going for the World Series. I want to sign here. If you're if you're a young draft draft kid, sure, this is, this is a great opportunity for whoever they pick number one overall. Right, Ian Kinsler makes no sense. Bobby Witt Jr. makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I mean that's I mean what we knew with this team, especially if we don't bring back um, Tim Beckham, and I don't think a decision's been made on on Tim Beckham. If we don't bring him back, um, there's going to be some holes in right. the middle of our infield, right. and we don't really. And interestingly enough, the guy we dropped off to make room for Dylan Tate, the guy who removed from the 40-man, um, was Velma, uh, a shortstop from, from AAA, um, who just really hasn't worked out very well. Right. And okay. so we have no depth in these no. middle infield. We've got Valar and Chris Davis and Manny Mancini. <laughs> Trey Mancini. Manny Mancini. Uh, Ma- Manny Mancini and Trey Mancini. Those are our infielders. Uh, did you see there was a little bit of talk of would you move Chris Davis to third base so that Trey Mancini can play first base. Do you like that move? I'm sorry, can, can, can you say that one more time? I, I, was, I, I was looking at how much the number one pick in MLB makes. Uh, you're clogged up over at first base. 
So what yeah. if you took Chris Davis, moved him to third base, and let Trey Mancini play first base, and then that solves your third base issue and your first base issue? That is literally one of the dumbest ideas I've ever heard. I agree. I agree. I just want to run it past you. Yeah, you 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 know what the the it answer hurt, to this it is. hurts you defensively. Yeah, and you're, you're trying to improve your pitching staff. At least have a decent defense. Yep. I, I think the solution for this is, and maybe if Chris Davis was like a superstar, and you really need to make room for him. But like, why are you making room for Chris Davis? First of all, that sounds dumb to me. You don't make room for Chris Davis. Um, you look for an excuse to bench him, not an excuse to to, to play him. But I think to answer this question is, you have to find a way to get the really guys really talking about. Because you can't get rid of Chris Davis. You don't want to get rid of Trey Mancini. Uh, so the guy you need to get rid of Marky Mark. is Mark Trumbo. The uh, Mr. I hate pies, Mark <laughs> Trumbo. That's the guy you want to get out of here. Because then Trey Mancini can play first. Chris Davis can DH. They can take turns at first if they both want to play first a little bit. Um, and Mark Trumbo is the guy that you don't want him in the outfield and he's clogging up your DH position. Um, so get him out of here. Yeah. I didn't see Mark Trumbo at the. Uh... At the tailgate, Adam Jones tailgate on Sunday. Was there a lot of <laughs> Orioles at the Adam Jones tailgate party? Uh, Joey Rickert, Donnie Hart, and oh, okay. and Trey Mancini. Which at first you say, "Oh, that's it," and then you look at the roster and say, "Oh yeah, we got the stars." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I mean it's it's a, it's a tough year to try to pull some uh, big names from the Orioles roster. Who is with Adam Jones leaving? Who boys and girls is the face of the Orioles? Uh oh, okay. They're gonna have to put up all the billboards. Yes, who are, so, and there's more than one. Like, so who was going up? You know, the, the little flags as you right, walk right. over the light pole. So you you'll walk see, in. you'll see Dylan Bundy. You'll see yes. Trey Mancini. Now hold up. If, if you're the Orioles at this point, if you're Orioles PR, do you feel comfortable making the signs yet for the 2018 start of the year? Oh, for no, 2019 no, no. start no, of the year. You, of course I wait, not. I wait until January. I at least get January? past. Yeah, I wait till January. I at least get past FanFest. Uh, Jonathan jumped in with Mullins on the chat, which is Patrick a, Mullins is a Patrick good one. Mullins is a good one. That's definitely a guy you're as the future. That's a guy you're pushing as the face of your organization. You're gonna have Chris Davis up there, hoping that he bounces back. He's gonna be in the no, lineup every night, but he's gonna no, he, gonna be on the team. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. But he's gonna be he on the team. Will not be traded. Right. So you 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 can you can print you can print his up. Um. Uh, is that it? That Can you give good. like an Austin Hayes up there? Is that or is that weird because he's not no. Rich Blyer? No, you can't put Austin oh, Rich Blyer. Good one. Because, good because Blyer. we're not going to. I don't think we're going to know Austin Hayes, DJ Stewart. We're not going to know who's your other outfielders until after spring training. And and no one's going to know who that weird looking white guy is when they have Rich Blyer's picture everywhere. They're going to be like, who's that guy? <laughs> They, you know what they should do? They should do the little just white circle with the question mark in it, like future. It should just be a, unknown a, emoji faces, and then they can just say, "Oh yeah, that's um, Austin Hayes." Or, or, <laughs> no, it's gonna be the Oriole Bird. Yeah, that's just, true. Just the mascot. A lot of the bird. A lot of who, you know what? It, whoever the manager is, oh, that's who it's going to be. You know, you know what? It really should be Michael, Michael Elias. Elias. Yeah, Michael Elias' picture on every on every billboard. Remember, every Michael Elias. Yeah. Well, remember, yeah, now. remember 2011, 2012. All the billboards were Buck. It was all Buck everywhere. So sure, yeah. I, I think Michael Elias had to prove that. Do you think he's egotistical, narcissistic enough to approve that? To approve himself? Approve himself on all the billboards. <laughs> I don't know Michael Elias enough. I think. Uh, Do you know whose face I like? Who's? Right, go ahead. Well, I was I gonna like say Michael the. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> no, you, you go. Know, Let's go again at the same time. <laughs> I'm sorry. I just I, I like Michael Gibbons' face. That's all I want to say. Do you think go Michael ahead. Gibbons will be on the team next year? Uh, until July, yeah. <laughs> okay. So that's what you're gonna put up all the banners of. Here's guys who are available in July. <laughs> No, so here's the guys visiting teams, the visiting teams can see and say, okay, it's like it's like putting up your trade ships. We're putting up flags. Yeah, I mean, I mean, you would, I mean, I'm with Bert here. You wouldn't know uh, Richard Blyer if you walked into the podcast room, room right now. No, no. Uh, but you would know Michael Gibbons because he's got a nice face. I want guys <laughs> with nice faces. Yeah, I think uh, you you're familiar with the I tuxedo T-shirt. Yeah, tuxedo t-shirt, sure. Right, but what they're going to have as a give a promotional giveaway will be 
just not a tuxedo, but just a suit shirt. So it'll be a tie with a collared shirt, and they'll say that's the GM Mike Elias uh, jersey giveaway, except it'll be like a suit <laughs> with a, an Elias name tag on the badge, on the lapel there, uh, general manager, because uh, he'll be he'll be the face of the franchise for a little while. I like, th- I like that idea. If they actually do it, I want credit. <laughs> uh, do you put his name on the back of the penguin suit or no? No, it's just like a, a lapel name tag, you know, like uh, uh, like a gas station employee. <laughs> uh, Mike. <laughs> uh, um, maybe Caleb Joseph, if, he, if he's still on the team as a, as a guy that people know, long-term guy. Yeah, he's got a familiar it'll, it'll be fun to see how the Orioles try to market this team next year to try to make you care when we all know you don't need to care. <laughs> You know who's another face I like? I like Hunter Harvey's face. I know, Bert, you must be a fan with that little mustache. Oh, yeah, yeah. Anytime you go with a mustache, I'm a fan. Yeah, I like his face. Sure. Well, if you're going facial hair, I like Kashner with a just messed up beard. Yeah, he's a, it looks a little unkempt for me. I don't know if I, if I buy that. But, all right. So, yeah, I just said I think they should get, like, just choose because we have no good players. So just at least choose, like, the prettiest faces and put the prettiest – and kind of most um, faces that stand out the most. Mm-hmm. Just use those. Most recognizable, of course. Right. Sure. Hey, uh, who's this guy John Means? Oh, a pitcher. <laughs> yeah, he's a pitcher. I guess he got added to the 40-man. Josh, Josh Rogers has a nice face, too. I mean, if you're going with the prettiest faces, we're going to see a lot of Joey Rickard. I mean, you could, you could fall asleep in those eyes. Oh, that's true. He does have those beautiful blue eyes. <laughs> Maybe maybe some Mike Wright Jr. posters. Oh, yeah. I mean, he's a recognizable face. I know. But then he's a guy who could be in our starting rotation next year. Yeah. I don't yeah. know. It'll be fun. <laughs> Will it? Yeah, it'll be fun. It'll be fun to see how they market it. It'll be baseball. <laughs> right. right. Some, someone's face is going up somewhere. Yeah, it'll be some... <laughs> Right, might as well be replacement. You might be seeing a lot of uh, Brooks Robinson and Eddie Murray turn back the clock pictures oh, everywhere. I like the idea of changing all the banners to former Orioles. <laughs> like Hall of Fame. Do do all Hall of Fame giveaways this year. Some Cal, some Brooks, some Eddie, some Palmer. They talk about statues? Uh, I'm saying... They already did that. Yeah, but I'm saying this year you do it again, but you do the flags, you do the jerseys giveaway, you... Uh, 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 maybe plaques, plaques like the Hall of Fame. Turn back the clock uniforms, so it's Cal Ripken night, and the team wears the uniforms of the Cal Ripken era. Stuff like that. Uh, see, I was thinking you do it like uh, like Jackie Robinson night. The entire team wears eight. Yeah. Eh. I don't know if you're allowed to do that. Probably but... not. <laughs> um, you guys always know, know the chat room. I know we're getting out of here, but real quick, uh, Billy and Chris uh, ask on uh, on Facebook. Who will the O's next manager be? You guys have a quick uh, inside information. You guys, any guesses for the next Orioles manager? Uh, the, the bench coach from the Astros. It was a spot or something? Yeah, I don't remember his name, but it just makes sense that he comes with the Astros. But I think we talked about this last year a little bit, that it doesn't matter. The, the guy, If it's a bench coach from the Astros, that's intriguing because that might be somebody who Elias is grooming who could be growing along with the rebuild process who could be a manager you know four or five years from now when we're actually hopefully pennant contenders as opposed to somebody who might just fill in the, the manager's shoes for a couple years until they bring in a real manager when we have a real team uh so that's intriguing i, I wouldn't mind seeing that yeah the guy's name is joe spada and i think there's two ways to go you could bring in joe spada because you know on the same page with like elias and kind of ride that out for a while or if you don't want to, like, start Joe Espada because he's never been a manager before and you don't want him to start with, like, two 200-loss seasons, you might want to say, hey, Joe, just wait. I'm going to bring in someone else. They'll lose a couple hundred games. Yeah. And then I'll bring in you when we're a little closer. Because if you look at these rebuild teams, usually the manager who's in charge of the rebuild is not the same manager who's there when they start winning. What, if, what if you sign him and say, go coach you at Bowie for two years. Then you'll yeah. come on up with your guys. Get in yeah. deep with the guys. That's interesting. Now. Not, not yeah. sure if the team has done that, but I liked it before, but I like the idea. What if they bring back Buck be... when we're good? Yeah, bring back Buck for the next two years while we're treading water. What's right. Bobby uh, Valentine doing these days? 
<laughs> yeah, you're right. If we're going to lose, might as well be entertaining. Bring in Bobby. All right. Hey, Let's uh, get out of here. Quick, quick note. Is uh, Billy Martin dead? Not sure if you guys have noticed, but our listeners have noticed that the uh, podcast has like had issues the past month where like it won't go up right away or it, you'll go in on the website and hit play and it doesn't work and all this you go to download it and it doesn't work all i've the, noticed it's not going up right away yeah all this crap yeah last week it took like two days to get up it was really annoying yeah so, i've had similar problems in other areas but go ahead yeah so we fired we fixed it we fired the uh, company that was hosting our podcast so we have a good old reliable company now it's all fixed. It's all straightened out. But if for some reason your subscription didn't work out or something, go subscribe to the show again. Unsubscribe, hit subscribe, do any of that if you have to then, find and, it over on Section 336. And then while you're at it, just go ahead and give us five stars and, and say, love the show. Yeah, sure. I <laughs> love the show. That's the comment you yeah. would write in there. You if you say that, you would actually type that in and you give us five stars. Hi, love the show. Hi, right. Give us and then five. maybe a couple of heart emojis with the high five symbol. Remember, if you write a really good review, a fun review, we read it on the show. Yeah. If you write a negative review, I'm not going to read the show. Yeah, no, no slippery I, snake. Yeah. I. How come you can't do in reviews when we write a review? How come I can't put a gif in there? Is that going to make that happen where I can put gifs as part of my review? Uh, no. I mean, we could put out a tweet saying, "Send us your gifs of what you think of the show." If you want to collect gift reviews. No, I want them on iTunes. Yeah, they're not going to go on iTunes. iTunes doesn't why, play gifts. Why not? It seems like it would be an easy thing to do. I don't know. I don't know. Emojis? Are emojis allowed in, are you in gonna, comments? Are you gonna, the whole point of reviews <laughs> is so that people who, who like the show can share with other people that they like the show so other people will subscribe. Are you ever going to subscribe to a podcast because of a GIF? Bert, do, do you have to catch a tunnel? or Do you have to make a time on this tunnel or do you have time? Because this is... I need. I would like to go soon. Okay. <laughs> but, I, but, I, but I do want to clarify, Billy Martin died in a drunk driving car accident on Christmas Day, 1989. It's always about oh, that. That's really sad. It is on sad. Christmas. But he's a famous alcoholic. Went out doing what he loved. <laughs> <laughs> all right, boys and girls. Thanks for listening. You can follow Bert for all that zany stuff. Uh, how can they follow you on Twitter, Bert? At Bert Rohde. And you can follow Josh on Twitter. At Josh Soroka. And you can follow me at Section 336. Thanks for listening, boys and girls. And as always, go O's and go Ravens. Start RG3. Thank you for listening to the Section 336 podcast. Please go to iTunes and Facebook for all complaints or the occasional compliment. If I were you, I would not take any baseball advice from these guys. Josh and Matt were raised by an Orioles-obsessed father, and Bert, uh, well, Bert fell in love with Don Mattingly. He has a thing for mustaches.